So, are we living in the new normal or the new abnormal? Whatever it is, we're living the nightmare and legacy methods just won't work. How do we adapt, adjust, and advance? We'll find out this week on Bankadelic. From the studios of Karma Productions Worldwide in Chicago, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance, where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate and investigate actionable insights, unscripted banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, kick up your feet. Here we go. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Bankadelic. Chug, chug, chugging along. And today on the podcast, we have Marcy Bomberg. Marcy is the leader of the Strategic Advisory Services area at Whipley. She brings more than 25 years of executive leadership experience in both financial institutions and private enterprise to her engagements. Marcy has developed a high level of proficiency, leading a myriad of complex enterprise-wide endeavors such as mergers and acquisitions, strategic analysis and plan implementation, capital planning, and innovative product and service development. Marcy, welcome to Bankadelic. Great. Thanks so much, Lou. Really appreciate you having me today. We were talking off mic about you're being busy, 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 <laughs> right? I'd love if you could share some of the work you're doing and what's involved with it. Sure. You know, Lou, it's been a trying time for, you know, everybody in our economy, but our financial system in general, too. I mean, being deemed an essential business and having to really pivot and move on the fly so quickly, you know, that first little bit, it was crisis mode. Okay. How do we all of a sudden mobilize for this time. We don't know what to expect. How do we make sure that we're there for our clients? We're there for our associates. So it was crisis, crisis, crisis. Now, I think that pendulum, I'm definitely feeling and seeing this, hence, as you and I were talking about how busy things are getting again. Boards and CEOs and exec teams are bringing their head back up and saying, okay, we did a great job with this initial crisis. Now we have to really pull out that crystal ball and stress test things. They've been used to stress testing the lending portfolio and our investments, but now we have to scenario test and put in trigger events for our overall strategic plans. The plans that we did even as soon as last fall, are they worth the paper they're written on or do we need to throw them out and start over? So that's been those discussions we've been having, Lou, and the scenarios are different. It's not a one size fits all, but it's been an interesting experience and those conversations have been really in depth and really valuable. It may be that one size fits no one at this point, right? The legacy mindsets need to be changed. We are living the nightmare. And I think you put it interestingly when we talked before that the horse is out of the barn. Where's that horse going? What do we need to do? You know, having some of the conversations with clients over the years and doing transformation planning or digital planning or IT planning, you may have a plan that was set out, you know, three years out. Well, in this last couple of months, boom, that hit them right squarely in the face. If we're going to operate, our clients are expecting this from us to keep them safe, 
for us to be able to deliver to the clients, you know, it's that Amazon effect, Lou. I don't care if you're in an urban or a rural area, you bring up, you know, have you ordered things online and what are your expectations and how you interact with folks? Well, our banks and our credit unions have said, boy, if we had a legacy mindset that we don't have to work on this now, you know what, alternative work arrangements aren't for us. They got pushed into, you know, into this century uh, by a bulldozer. You know, <laughs> it, it, it was definitely not a gentle coaxing, you know, into the good night. It was Ooh. a you're jumping <laughs> in into the deep end, whether you're ready or not. And those are the questions I'm asking folks. What has worked really well? during the pandemic? You know, what lessons can we learn from this? And what hasn't gone smoothly? And let's start there. And doing that situational analysis of, you know, what we really rocked. How can we, you know, leverage those things that we really knocked out of the ballpark? And what are maybe even some additional opportunities? We're seeing that with these PPP loans, as frustrating as it was for a lot of banks to have to fire up overnight, they've done a great job. Our community banks have done a terrific job helping the community. And what opportunities are there? Do you find from the work you're doing so far that there have been some constants, some things banks and financial institutions need to look at? The key element that I've seen across the board is your culture. And that is surprising to a lot of folks is what is your culture and your environment within your organization? Were you prepared to have people work from home and manage all of the intricacies involved? How did you work together as a team? Just a quick story. I think about my dad who was in banking for many, many years and he resisted having a computer on his desk until the day he retired. And I'm talking about maybe four years ago. Fast forward a year, he's in retirement and yells over to me, come here, come here, you got to check something out. I just ordered this and it's going to be delivered today. Do you think they're going to deliver it with a drone? Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Just that learning curve. You go back to that legacy mindset again, Lou. It's banks and credit unions that I'm talking with. They've realized if there was a weak link that was exposed, it was in their culture and their ability to deploy new things. Not necessarily the technical side, but how are they handling the educational piece? So important to revisit that culture, especially now. If banks, financial institutions get their act together that way, how can they best up their game a notch right now? Something that I learned when I was working with fintech companies, one thing that they did really, really well was the focus on the client or the user experience. What do you want that to be and how do you want that to feel? The community banks and credit unions that I've been working with as of lately, choice has become even more important than it was two months ago. Do I want to sit face to face with somebody or I don't feel safe doing that right now. So can I interact with you through a video chat, which a lot of banks haven't done. But yeah, we do that in our personal lives. We do that in other areas of our life. You look at some surveys that are out there. What's most important to the clients? It's not a video ATM. It's how easy is it for me to interact with you? How easy is it for me to find out information? How easy is it for me to even make an appointment to come in and see you once I'm free to do that and avoid lines and avoid waiting? All of these crazy things that we hadn't thought about, but it goes right back to what we've always known is that client experience. And those that nail that 
are going to come out of this smelling like roses. It really is a back to the future scenario in some ways, right? The return of the serving client needs paradigm. Right. The fallback is to look at technology as a panacea. Those that have managed really well through the crisis have taken so much time in ensuring that their technology is seamless in their process. It doesn't add frustration for internal users and external users, but actually makes things easier to communicate. It's really this holistic view of your people, your culture, your ability to make people comfortable, you know, from a training aspect. All my clients that I talk to are all struggling with how do we get the best, most useful data out of our system? That is being elevated in strategic plans now. Maybe we're going to look at different systems that we can, you know, manage this data to serve our clients better. Clients are saying, this data is more important than ever. This is gold for us. We're elevating this in our strategic plan so we can make data-driven decisions. Yes. I think we're in what I might call the new abnormal because this is unlike anything we have ever seen. Yet there is a chance for financial institutions, banks, credit unions to take some things out of this situation that are going to make them succeed into the future, whatever that looks like. It's hard to say opportunities when you're going through something that's so difficult, but the community, financial institutions as a whole, from where I sit, knocked it out of the park with this PPP stuff. As far as building goodwill in the communities, countless different stories that I've heard on both sides, because I deal with entrepreneurs on one side of my world, and I deal with banks and credit unions on another side of my world. And I hear just the life-saving nature of the anecdotes. My community bank, their service, how they were checking on me, they were proactive. I got this funding right away. It was awesome. You know, how do they build on that? that goodwill that everybody is feeling. Because, you know, face it, banks took a couple of hits after the last recession and some of the behavior of some of the bigger banks or some of the greed that you saw in the market. Just the goodwill right now, I think, is one of the biggest opportunities for bankers just to tell their story. And this goes back to what you were saying, Lou, about information. Think about Twitter. Think about social media. You know, think about LinkedIn. Think, you know, all of these different channels where you get your information these days. It's not just the newspapers or the big three television channels. How are you telling your story? I've got a client that one of their strategies within their strategic plan is their storytelling because they see the importance of how to get the word out about the terrific things that they are doing in the community and not just buying tables at the rubber chicken charity dinners you know, that <laughs> oh, we yeah. all go to. We're talking about real lifeblood, community building, money on the streets, helping you manage your businesses better. That's the stuff that community banks have a fantastic opportunity right now. You want a story? I love a story. Once upon a time, there was a podcast guest named Marcy Bomberg, and she killed it. She knocked it out of the park. <laughs> 
Marcy, fantastic stuff. I am so grateful to have you on. I've got to say, this is information I could absorb personally because you have that entrepreneurial mindset, that entrepreneurial leadership streak. Amazing. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Marcy Bomberg is leader of the Strategic Advisory Services area at Whipley. She is based in Milwaukee. You can look for Marcy on LinkedIn. Bankadelic, sponsored by the William Mills Agency. For close to 40 years, the William Mills Agency has served hundreds of companies that provide a wide range of products and services in the banking, payments, mortgage, credit union, and related markets. The William Mills Agency is the largest provider of PR and marketing services for companies that market to the financial industry. For more information, visit williammills.com. Quantic is the adaptive digital bank that offers entrepreneurs, immigrants, millennials, low-income families, seniors, and others innovative banking products and services which embrace the diversity of circumstances that exist in the lives of customers while elevating their financial strength. For more information, visit QuanticBank.com. That's Q-U-O-N-T-I-C Bank.com. <clears throat> And now, Bankadelic presents Storytime. Once upon a time, there was a humble podcaster who tried to help people during the COVID disaster. But his brain was thick. That's difficult to master. So he cranked out episodes faster and faster, like Stevie Ray Vaughan on a Stratocaster, until his guest came to rescue him with three bullet points. Number one. Banks and credit unions that I'm talking with, they've realized if there was a weak link that was exposed, it was in their culture and their ability to deploy new things. Not necessarily the technical side, but how are they handling the educational piece? Number two. The plans that we did even as soon as last fall, are they worth the paper they're written on? Or do we need to throw them out and start over? But it's been an interesting experience and those conversations have been really in depth and really valuable. Number three. Just the goodwill right now, I think is one of the biggest opportunities for bankers just to tell their story. Think about Twitter, think about social media, think about LinkedIn, all of these different channels where you get your information these days. It's not just the newspapers or the big three television channels. How are you telling your story? And now, lose views. There's a quote from the Welsh politician Aneron Bevan, which, by the way, later became an album title for the Manic Street Preachers. This is my truth. Tell me yours. Marcy Bomberg talked today about the importance of banks telling their story in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. It is crucial because banks have an opportunity, as do credit unions and other financial institutions, to leap off the page, leap out of the laptop screen, and communicate humanity, warmth, caring, compassion, and the major efforts they're making every day. However, that's only half of the story. And that other half is what your customers have to say. It isn't just their financial condition, it's what brought them there. 
laid off unexpectedly from a job, struggling to keep up with payments because they've been furloughed, small businesses in the height of the struggle. This isn't just another instance of a customer or a small business or an entrepreneur approaching your bank with an everyday need. It is real life playing out. You need to communicate your story to make sure they understand how much you care and how much you want to be there. But in the midst of doing that, don't forget to listen. You might just say, to borrow from Stephen Covey, the reverse. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. Our producer in Chicago is Jenny Elman. Thanks again to the William Mills Agency for their generous sponsorship. Thanks also to Quantic. I'm Lou Carlozo. You can catch me on LinkedIn. And when I'm all done with Chicago dogs, I'll be linked out. Until next time, so long. Bankadelic is a production of Karma Productions Worldwide, Chicago.